listening to SBS on the Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. It is your daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Wednesday, the 7th of June, 2023. Later, just how high can interest rates go? A number of economists revise up their expectations for peak interest rates. But first to the economy and GDP, which expanded by just 0.2% in the March quarter, 2.3% for the year. For more, I spoke with David Bassanese from BetaShares. He's the chief economist there. I think the economy is sort of slowing to a crawl, uh, essentially, uh, driven by consumer spending, uh, which was only up uh, 0.2%. So we've really seen a progressive slowing in consumer spending since the middle of last year, uh, on top of which we're seeing housing construction also starting to slow. Uh, and so they, those are the two, you know, the two big drivers of the growth slowdown. Can we go into more detail about that consumer side of things? Uh, household spending, I think, is up 0.2% on the quarter, yet while they're spending less on discretionary, they're spending more on the essentials. And it would seem like they're, they're drawing down on their savings as a result, the savings that they built up during the pandemic. Is that right? Yeah, so it's interesting. So the household savings ratio, which did surge during COVID, I mean, people got more income than they could spend. And so the household savings rate went, went through the roof. That's been progressively revised, or, uh, you know, uh, re- uh, has, has been reduced. And it's now uh, back below pre-COVID levels. So, uh, you know, households have been forced to, you know, dip into their savings. Um, and you mentioned um, uh, essential spending. I mean, these are things like uh, rents, uh, uh, um, uh, education, health. These are things, uh, utilities, you know, electricity. Uh, so these are things that um, obviously the prices of which have gone up, uh, rents and electricity in particular, but, you know, people need to live somewhere. People need to turn the lights on. And so they are essential spending. So the consumer is a huge part of the economy, but what about external factors, the, the international side of things, export, um, net trade was down. To what extent do we need to worry about things like demand from China? We do. I mean, we have seen that the Chinese, you know, ending their COVID restrictions was was initially quite good news, and they, they uh, the economy bounced back quite solidly. But it is starting to falter. Some of the uh, more recent indicators on China uh, suggest the recovery is, is a bit sluggish. And they really, China is is loath to pump prime the property sector, which was a big driver of growth in recent years, certainly prior to COVID. Uh, they've got a bit of a property overhang, a debt overhang. So without that pump priming, growth isn't sort of what it was. Uh, and uh, we're seeing, you know, commodity prices uh, 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 edging down as a result um, and, uh, and uh, overall export volumes also easing. So we know the Treasurer spoke today. He blamed that external environment, a slowdown in global growth, um, uh, rising interest rates and inflation and cost of living pressures, right? But what does this this report say about wages and productivity and how much of a concern is that? Well, it certainly does point to the weakness of productivity growth that the Reserve Bank Governor Phil Lowe has pointed out uh, even in its statement yesterday uh, in raising rates. So, um, you know, GD, so-called GDP per hour, you know, output per hour worked uh, was down uh, in the quarter and it's down something like four and a half percent over the past year. So uh, all the employment growth we've seen over the past year is great. People are getting jobs, but it's not translating into uh, GDP. Um, or, or not by a lot. And so, you know, as a result, pro- measured productivity is down. Uh, unit labour costs, uh, so if you look at wages growth uh, and take away uh, the productivity growth, 
uh, as the governor's pointed out as well, that's running at a pretty high level. Uh, and unit labour costs, uh, if they you know, unless they come down, it's hard for you know underlying inflation to ease as well. So um, we we do know. I mean, wages uh, are. I would say wages are not high but firm, uh, rising from from a lowish level. They're certainly in, in and of themselves at the moment not a red rag to inflation. But coupled with the fact that productivity growth is pretty weak, um, then you know again, so-called unit labour costs. Um, uh, uh, so it's a measure of wages allowing for productivity, uh, which is you know something that businesses need to need need to deal with. Uh, they they are born by that is running at a high level. So uh, in, in a way, the wages numbers we normally look at are, are sort of um, understating the the pressures on business from 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 costs at the moment. And wrapping everything we've just spoken about, right, the RBA says it continues to target the narrow path whereby inflation returns to target. But is there a real possibility it could fall off that path and the economy enters a recession as it continues to threaten higher interest rates? Uh, yes, there is a ver- very real possibility of that. I mean, consumer spending is 60% of GDP and, you know, there where the consumer goes, there goes the economy. So we are... You know, the RBA is hoping that, a you know, a moderate slowdown in, in consumer spending, a moderate increase in the unemployment rate of the order of 1% over a couple of years, that would be below trend growth. It wouldn't be great growth, but it would, would, wouldn't be a recession. Um, but, you know, we could get a greater collapse in consumer spending in the short run. Um, and unfortunately, the RBA would be, wouldn't, wouldn't run to the rescue uh, because uh, at the moment, inflation is still stubbornly high. So it actually is trying to get that growth down to get inflation down. Um, but, you know, you can't managing exactly that, you know, fine tuning the degree of the slowdown. It can be hard and, uh, and we could overdo it. That is David Bassanais there, the chief economist at Beta Shares. The Australian share market reacted by falling by the close, down 0.2% on the ASX 200, 7,118. Now, yesterday, the RBA lifted interest rates, uh, issued some commentary as well about the direction of rates. And now, along with today's GDP numbers, a number of economists have now revised up their expectations for peak interest rates, and they include those at Australia's biggest bank, the Commonwealth, they now say we'll see interest rates peak at 4.35%, but they also say there might possibly be another one to 4.6% because of sticky inflation. One of the most bullish calls that I've seen comes from investment bank Goldman Sachs. They're predicting a terminal cash rate of 4.85%. So what is the market now thinking? And what are they thinking about the GDP numbers? For more, I spoke with Jamie Hanna. He's the Deputy Head of Investments and Capital Markets at Van Eck. GDP numbers today obviously showed that the economy is slowing slightly. They came in a little bit weaker than expected. We've got 0.2% for the quarter, 2.3% for the year. So it's, it's really just highlighting that the, the RBA's uh, rate rise is having some impact. However, the RBA has made completely clear that they'll do whatever it takes to bring the inflation band down into the 2 to 3% uh, range. Now, they obviously can't do that alone. It requires government assistance. So the government needs to implement policies um, that can help reduce the inflation. So it, it's, it's really a multifaceted approach there. Now, the market itself, though, is not pricing in many more rate rises. Um, if I look at some of the uh, potential, there's a 50% chance of the next rate rise. Um, and certainly other economists, like, as you said, Goldman Sachs is at 485 
It's really going to come down to the data. It's going to come down to wage data, unemployment, CPI, and GDP. So what we're going to see probably in the short term is some more volatility as, uh, as this type of data starts flowing through. Amid expectations or some expectations of another rate rise, like you said, there's uh, more volatility to come through. Is this changing the way you're investing at the moment? Look, there's always an element of risk to any investment, but we've seen a number of investors certainly sitting on more cash at the moment. And that's been a bit of a detriment for them because the first half of this year um, has really been quite strong on both the equity markets and in in property. So they've kind of missed some of the upside, which they might have otherwise had if they were fully invested. Now, all investment um, is a bit of a cycle. So you really should be just focusing on a long-term, well-diversified portfolio. There will be opportunities um, in the short term, but it's very hard to capitalise on timing when you should get in and when you should get out. So focusing on the long term that's diversified is still going to ride you through most market cycles, including this one. Given all that, how's the the market moving today? Where are the major moves and why? Yeah, look, it's been relatively quiet today. Um, The US didn't put much of a lead in overnight. One of the biggest performers today in the ASX was Polynovo. Um, They're a a biotech company focused on burn treatment. Um, They're up 15% after some really strong US sales for the month of May. Um, Also Block, um, they were the acquirer of uh, Afterpay. They're up around 5% today, and that's really on the back of their parent US company um, doing well last night. On the downside, Beach Energy um, is down around 7% today. They're an oil and gas producer, and they've decided that they're closing one of their gas wells, which uh, investors obviously seen with a negative light. So we've had all this data come out of the uh, Australia over this week. We now look ahead to overseas. I think we've got the Bank of Canada coming overnight, but really everyone's looking at what's going to happen with the US. Is the whole world not done on moving interest rates higher? Look, Bank of Canada tonight... Uh, they're at four and a half percent interest rate at the moment. It's a 50-50. Um, the market is whether or not 50-50 whether or not they're going to raise rates tonight. Um, so yes, we're looking at them in, in terms of Australia because Canada is very similar to Australia in terms of their strong reliance on resources. But next week is the US, and that's where everyone's focusing. And they're really focusing on the US because they're a, the biggest market in the world, and they will have the most impact on Australia in terms of our ability to fly inflation. And to be honest, next week, it's only about a 20% chance of a rate rise. That's what the market's pricing in. So we're not done with this rate rising cycle. There is still inflation data coming through across the whole developed world, which is too high um, for most governments and most central banks to wear. So we're going to see continued data leakage coming through, you know, decisions made on the data. And overall, um, we're not done with this raising cycle. And unfortunately, uh, I think there's probably a, a few to go. Jamie Hanna there from Vanek. This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decision.